Welcome back, Baseball Buds. It's episode six of the Daisy Cutter Podcast. I am Nick, and as always, I'm joined by BP out in LA. What's going on, brother? Excited for this week's podcast. Um, opening day came and went, and it was it was a good one. Baseball baseball's back, and I, I'm so excited. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Um, the other Nick will not be joining us. He's on the beach right now in Florida, so... You know, I'm a little little jealous that he's sunbathing, but you know, I'd rather spend time talking baseball with you. So, well, cheers, because I feel the same way. Um, yeah, what an opening weekend it was. We're gonna go series by series and just um, talk about storylines, things that intrigued us. Uh, you know, early season sample size, uh, hot takes. Um, you know, we really are trying to be a podcast that covers most of the league. I, you know, when we started out doing this, it was. A lot of baseball podcasts focus specifically on one market, one team, one division, one region, whatever. Um, so we want to, you know, keep everyone aware and in the loop of what's going on in the league. It was a fun weekend. We had um, Luis Robert, a Gold Glove winning center fielder, like bop one off the head last night. Uh, we had a home run from Cody Bellinger that ended up with an out, like just crazy stuff. A cat ran on the field. Um, it was the perfect weird weekend in opening day. like it just felt so like opening day because just like weird stuff started happening again and i like including extra innings there's just like a free runner on base um which i hate and we can maybe get into that when we talk about blue jays yankees but um yeah it was all yeah. the good stuff all the weird stuff yeah it was definitely fun and i think you know spring training is always like it's it's fun to see what's going on and like stuff happens in spring training you kind of go like ah it's just spring training like they're they're working out the kinks but seeing it in the regular season it, it just amplifies it and i think there are so many storylines and things already we're two three games into the season for most teams and it's like like you can talk like it's i'm excited to just talk about like most of the series cause there's something to talk about um which i think is awesome and i'm, I'm glad baseball is back but yeah there's some some weird shit that happened this this past uh, couple days so i'm sure we'll dive into it but yeah the extra we'll talk about the extra inning thing because i i think we have the same opinion on it so yeah including our first benches clearing brawl um in the you know the national league's most heated rivalry reds versus cardinals <laughs> um yeah so before we get into it uh make sure you drop a five-star review subscribe to the podcast uh we really appreciate it follow us on twitter at daisy podcast join the facebook group we've got I think 40 or 50 people now uh, in the group just chatting up baseball, uh, which has been super fun. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. For housekeeping items. Yeah. Let's let's dive into some stuff. So I think off the top, we have to talk about Major League Baseball announced late last week that they're going to move the All-Star game from Atlanta uh, due to Georgia's recent state uh, voter suppression laws. Um, I think overall like I, I think it's an excellent move by baseball i think that the more that these large leagues and organizations can use their power to make the world a better place that's good i think uh so this you and i were talking about this last week because we were you know down in spring training and i think i said something like oh, i want to go off on this on the pod and it has nothing to do with like i'm happy that baseball is doing the right thing my issue with major league baseball is they have a a history of like not following. I don't, I don't even know what word I'm looking for. Really? Like they don't, 
do this all the time. Like they have, like if you're going to be this brand, like the NBA is this brand, right? Like they give player empowerment. They're forward on social justice issues. They try very actively to make the world a better place. Baseball is like, this feels like a PR stunt. Like this to me feels like, you know what guys, like I'm pumped that you're going to, I'm, I'm glad that you're doing this, but also like, let's fix the, the labor union situation in baseball. Like it's not appropriate that you're going to be like a four social justice warrior when it comes to the all-star game, because you get a lot of press for it. But like, you know, there's a lot of players that don't get paid with market value because they're under team control for eight years. Like that's not fair. Uh, there seems to be a precedent of cheating in baseball and like not everyone is judged equally. Like that doesn't seem fair. Like there's, I don't know. I I feel like baseball is just like Rob Manfred is not a good commissioner. (laughs) They've had two in a row, Bud Selig also like it's crazy. He's in the hall of fame, but we're going to not let Barry Bonds in the hall of fame. Like, okay. Anyway, that's my, that's my take. No, I, I agree with you. I think this step, like, I, again, I agree with the decision, like, 100%. You have the capability to do it. Like, I mean, Coca-Cola, Delta, like, all these other companies are talking about doing something about it as well, which is, you know, if you have that power and you see something wrong with the world, like, why not take a stand? But like you said, it's like, it feels like this is something that's five months, three, four, five months down the line. And they're like, yeah, it's pretty easy to just move the all-star game. Like, it it just feels like for them, it probably wasn't even that difficult of a decision um, where they're like, yeah, we just get free PR points and we just get to move it to a different stadium. Um, Right. Like you said, there's, yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, like, I agree with the decision. I think it's really good. The only like downside, I think, is like, I feel bad for, you know, people from Atlanta who like were so excited to go to an all-star game. I think, you know, last year before COVID hit, like I was going to go Dodger stadium was supposed to host the all-star game. And I was so excited to like go to LA and go to an all-star game at Dodger stadium. Like that's all I wanted to do. So I can see like how disappointed you'd be of like, especially if you are on like the other side of it, you're like, yeah, I also hate the like, voting laws, but also I want to go to like an all-star game. Um, so I get like, why like i feel bad for like individuals who like are affected by it but again like those are just like not to get too political but these decisions are affecting other individuals as well where you know if moving a baseball game helps move the needle then like i think people can accept not going to one all-star game and hopefully it comes back i think you mentioned the nba north carolina had like those weird bathroom laws a few years back and the nba did the same thing they moved the all-star game and then the law got you know cut out or whatever and then two years later they brought the all-star game back so i i I picture atlanta getting an all-star game back in the future but um yeah i I, we're in the same camp with the decision but um yeah yeah i just hope they stick with it like you and i both work in marketing and like the worst thing you can do as a brand is like put one foot in one foot out like if you're gonna if you're gonna be this type of brand like stick with it like do the right thing like start doing a a charity donation to like, you know, voting rights do, you know, players weekend should be like, everyone gets to openly talk about and advocate things that are important to them. So um, hopefully they start moving in that direction to make the game younger and probably more accessible. Um, (laughs) Like they probably have an issue with that. So hopefully uh, that works out. All right, let's get into the, the weekend series. Let's start Dodgers Rockies. Let's talk about your Dodgers lost game one to the Rockies, which I think I might have said on the first pod, the worst team in baseball. They might lose like 120 games. Um, 
probably a shocker, but they bounced back. Two impressive wins, games two and three. Bauer took a no-hitter into the seventh inning and then gave it up yeah. to Story, uh, which that game was wild. I want to hear from your experience what watching that game was like because I tuned in on MLB TV. Shot plug for MLB TV. Not a sponsor, but shot out at MLB TV. Um, I tuned in because I got the notification that he's throwing no-hitter. Their Dodgers are up like 10 nothing, 10 to one or something. Or yeah, 10 nothing. Yeah. Um, so I tune in. He gives up the he gives up the no hitter. So I I tune out. I go find another game, and all of a sudden I see the Rockies have scored six runs, and I was like, "That what happened?" Yeah. Um, well, let's start with game one. I just want to talk about the one thing where Cody Bellinger hit a home run and then didn't, um, which was oh, like, yeah. I think that like I was watching the game and I was like, "That's gonna cost them." Like it like there's something about just like hitting a home run that doesn't. And like Justin Turner ran back. He was just like head down. Like I got to get back to first because this guy caught it. And, like, that just sucks. Like, Cody Bellinger has, like, that's just a single. He, like, I don't think he has an extra base hit yet. It's like No. So, because... for anyone who, who missed this that doesn't know what we're talking about, so in oh, game yeah. one, Cody Bellinger hit a, like, wall scraper. Like, it was in in the field, but Rocky's outfielder, I think it was Rymel Tepia, yeah. it, like, bounced out of his mitt over the fence. Justin Turner thought that he caught it, so he's, like, running back to the base. Cody Bellinger ends up passing him. So like Justin Turner is out and Cody Bellinger only gets a single and it's, it was a home run that ended up being an out, (laughs) which is just crazy. It was wild. And like, part of me was just like, at this point, like if the Dodgers lose, I wouldn't be surprised. Cause it was like one of those just moments where you're just like, it's so deflating where you have a two run home run. It just turns into a single with an RBI. Um, but going on to game two, like you said, I mean, Bauer looked awesome for six innings. And then the seventh inning, hard hit by Trevor Story, um, and then gives up a bomb. And then another, like, I think it was like a walk or a hit, and then another bomb. So all of a sudden, they're like, it's 10-4. Um, and playing at Coors is just the worst. I feel like just runs come aplenty. Um, so I think he had, like, one out. And the Dodgers brought in David Price, um, who we talked about last week. Is, I thought he was going to be the fifth starter, uh, but I guess he's, like, a reliever. And to me... It's one of those things where, like, he's been a starter, like, most of his career. Like, it's so weird to bring in a starting pitcher, like, partway through an inning, like, with one out. And then immediately he gives up, like, a hit and a home run. And it was just like, oh, God. It was like 10-6. And then all of a sudden there's two guys on. It was just one of those things just like, this is going to go the wrong way quick. Where you're up 10 nothing to, like, almost. it was almost tied pretty much. Um, And I think, like, that's just, it's just the Dave Roberts thing. The Dave Roberts experience of, like, managing a bullpen, like, He's just got to figure, he's still bad at it, I feel like. He has so many weapons, and he just, like, more times than not, I feel like, just doesn't do the right move. Um, well, but I honestly, think, like, it, it, part of that comes down to roster construction, and I feel like the Dodgers have always had too many starting pitchers. Not always. The last four years, the Dodgers always have, like, eight starters, nine starters. Like, guy, and like you said, it's difficult to come out of the bullpen if you're a starting pitcher. Like, we talked to Wes Benjamin about that, like, episode two. Like, even him is a guy who, like, has been in and out the whole time. Like, his mentality is a starting pitcher. So, imagine a guy like David Price, who, like, Cy Young award-winning Hall of Fame pitcher. You know, like, he's probably going to struggle mentally to come out of the pen in the middle of an inning with guys already on base. It's just, like, not not his thing. And the Dodgers have always had that. Like, Alex Wood was always a guy who, like, probably would have been any other team's third-best starter, but he's, like, the seventh guy in the rotation. (laughs) Like... Yeah, it's it's one of those things where like yeah, you think it like it's like on paper it looks so good, but it's like like you said, it, it, I think there is something with the mentality of like like Wes mentioned. It's like yeah, like mentally, 
I'm trying to go as many innings as possible. So like if a guy like David Price is brought in, it's like, yeah, your, your goal is to get two outs. Like that's so, that's gotta be just so different. Um, but ended up getting out of the inning, uh, ended up winning that game. And then um, last night, the one thing I do want to talk about is so Dodgers have this rookie, Zach McKinstry. He did literally almost the same thing. He hit a ball to left field. Tapia almost catches it. And as he catches it, the ball flings out of his glove forward, and he didn't realize it. So the ball actually stayed in play. So the ball was over the wall, and he kind of pushed it forward out. And he just lays on the ground. He's just like, oh, my God, like, can't believe I let another home run happen. And it's just, like, in play. So Zach McKinstry basically walked into, like, inside the park home run. But it's just, like, left field in Coors is just the weirdest, like, weirdest thing. Um, but the one last note I'll have on that one is Kenley Jansen had a five-out save um and i i i hope he's back like god please let kenley jansen be back because he he was lights out his stuff looked good um a lot of movement on his cutter um which i think has kind of been lacking the past couple years so um that was that was really cool to see um yeah they're up up two one and hopefully you know the 500 is in the in the rear view mirror and they kind of just cruise on through the rest of the season yeah dodgers two and one right now um Nothing else to say. I think they're going to be all right. Good baseball team. All right, Braves versus Phillies. I'm going to take my first early season victory lap here. Phillies, 2-0, <laughs> going for the sweep today. I said they were going to make the playoffs. They're going to make the wild card in this division. I did not think it was going to come at the expense of the Braves, but right now they look pretty damn good, especially yesterday, game two, uh, Saturday afternoon. Um, Zach Wheeler. Punched out 10 batters, retired like 20 straight Braves. Like, they couldn't even get a ball in play. 20 straight batters up and down. Uh, he knocked in two RBIs. Like, it, it, that is, it was awesome to watch. I tuned in to, like, the recap that MLB TV does, uh, which is it's just so fun. So, shout out the Braves. Two and, or shout out the Phillies. 2-0 right now against the Braves. Um, that felt good. Yeah, Zach Wheeler was dominant yesterday. Um, I think the Braves. filthy. Like, it was it was it was nasty. Um, I think like the craziest thing. I, I mean, obviously, I think the Braves. This isn't going to be like typical Braves, but for that lineup to only get one hit is insane. Like, you have to be good. <laughs> like, you have to have a good like pitch. And like, hopefully, it's a sign of things to come for the Phillies where they can, you know, one hit the Braves. Like we talked about it. I think episode one of just like one through seven or eight in that lineup is like lethal. Um, and to basically shut like shut them out one hit is like crazy and then you know they, they had a good win against the the braves to start the season um and yeah i mean like i like phillies it's only two games but they they don't look bad um they're well, you that know, starting pitching staff can stay healthy and yeah. their rookies or young guys in the lineup can produce above average like they're gonna be they're gonna be tough they're gonna be solid i think i mean it's too obviously like it's early and we're, we can we'll probably say that a lot but if they keep it up a, a wild card spot is definitely not out of the question for them um they've got the they've got the offense they've got i always forget joe girardi's their manager like he's a great manager um you know they, they've got the pieces um to maybe make a run so yeah i mean two games might matter in this division like if you get out early to a nice start in the first week or two of the season that could be all the difference in September. Um, I don't think the Dodgers have to worry about that per se, like losing a game to the Rockies, but in a division like the AL East where we think it's going to be competitive one through four, like 
two games might make a huge difference. So shout out to Phillies. Uh, I do want to give a shout out Ronald Acuna. Um, Bryce Harper hit a, a liner down the right field line. Acuna, and he tried to stretch it to a double, essentially. Acuna uh, snagged it like kind of in the corner, did a little spin, and just absolutely threw a missile to second base. It, it got him out. I just like deep. I love defensive plays in baseball. Like early 2000s baseball tonight, Web Gems was probably like my favorite time of television at any point in my life something like just a, a little tangent on that. like i'll never forget the i think i saw it initially on web gems but it was like ichiro threw like a ball from right field like directly to the third baseman like just yeah. like perfectly placed and the guy just like tagged him and it's just like man that's not, i i mean i love ichiro but that was like one of those moments where i like i'll never forget watching like on espn like that play and just being like i love baseball like well, it was just always like, there's always so many plays of like a shortstop or a third baseman diving and making this like sensational diving catch, which are like, that's very difficult and amazing, but there's just something so sweet about watching a right fielder with an absolute cannon, just like throw someone out to third base, which is just like the longest throw in it possible, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, we, so we shout out it. that should be a good series. Uh, watch out for the Phillies. All right. Blue Jays, Yankees. Uh, Again, another early season victory lap for your boy. I said Gary Sanchez would make the all-star team and is the most important bat in the Yankees lineup. Two games, two home runs. Uh, I think he only has maybe three hits, so he's an all-or-nothing kind of guy right now, but shout-out Gary Sanchez. We'd love to see it. Well, I think, too, I mean, you mentioned, like, most important one of the most important players on that team. He's he kind of has been their offense the last um, those first two games. I mean, they scored five runs yesterday. I think they only scored like what like two or three um, the game before, and like he he was a big part of that. Um, yeah, they scored two. I think he, it was his two run home run. So again, like if Gary Sanchez isn't doing anything, like no one else is. So um, yeah, I think that's a, a good take. I think Garrett Cole. Looked a little rusty the first couple innings against the Blue Jays and then just was lights out, painting corners. I, I caught a little bit of that game on ESPN. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, Blue Jays don't look bad, you know. No. We've, they've kind of been the you know, one of those teams where I think people are like, are they contenders or pretenders or whatever the saying is. But I think they're definitely a team that, based on the first two games, like going toe-to-toe with the Yankees, I think they'll be in it at the end of the year. Um like battling for either a wild card spot or if the Yankees aren't healthy, challenging them for, for the division. Well, this is, um, this is the series. I want to talk about the the extra innings rule because the blue Jays, their one win, they kind of snuck away with the win in the 10th inning because they immediately got a guy in second base. Like that opening day game was awesome. It was back and forth, a low scoring game, two to two going into the top of the 10th. And the Blue Jays just get a guy on second base, uh, which I'm going to talk about another thing here in a second based on just, like, strategy. They get a guy on, and Randall Grichuk hits a double, so they get a run. Like, scoring a run shouldn't be that simplified, especially in a game. Like, I get it if you don't want games to go 20 innings anymore, but, like, forcing the game to end in the 10th is just, like, not baseball. Like, it's just a game... I don't know. It, it's it'd be like in soccer in extra time if like you just took another guy off the field. Like we're just gonna open it up. We're gonna remove a player. It's like well that just it ruins the integrity of the game. Um, so I thought that was yeah. stupid. I think the extra inning rule is dumb. 
but what I am interested to see is, um, like, do do teams keep speedy guys on their roster mm. because you could you know pinch run for them? Um, I heard this on the MLB The Ringer, uh, the the Ringer MLB show. They were discussing this exact thing as well, and they mentioned like, do managers hold their closers for the tenth? Like, if you if you're in a close battle and you think that it might go to the 10th inning, do you, do you hold that guy? Because you know that there's already going to be a guy on second. So do you keep your high leverage guys for like that high leverage moment? I, I don't know. It's just like very interesting strategy wise, I think has changed the game for the worse, I, but I hate it. Um, I think I was reading, I think it was John boy who has a baseball podcast, but he said, if that's like the goal is to, shorten the like not get it to 20 innings like the rule should be moved to like the 13th or something you know so that you get like at least you get through hypothetically like nine batters at least for 10 11 12 and then like okay we've we've gone through the lineup once more still at a tie let's let's now add this runner to second i like growing up i feel like there were so many games I watched where the game would always just end in the 10th. It just feels like that just like 10th and 11th. Like that would just happen more naturally than I think baseball thinks it would. But if the worry is like it's going 20 innings, like at least push back the rule a little bit. Yeah, like I get it. It's like game starts at 7 and all of a sudden it's 1130 and it's the 15th inning. Like I get that's annoying. But like the yeah, 10th or- inning, it's like, what is it, 15 minutes longer than it would have been? Like I, it's just, it's it's dumb. I hate it. I I don't. I don't think there's an easy. The easy way would just be going back to the way it was. Just like let the game, let the games play out. Like, they, we've been doing this for 120 years. Like, I don't want to change the game that dra- dramatically. Like, I, I don't like that. Um, it's pretty stupid, in my opinion. Uh, or like, then implement ties. You know, like the game just ends in the 15th, and that's worth half a game, right? Yeah. Like. There are ways to get around this. Or like what the NHL does in terms of points, or like the Premier League. Like, fine, then if you're tied at the 15th, that's worth one point. A real win is worth three. Like, baseball will never do that because they're stuck in their old ways. Like, there's no way they're going to remove wins and losses because of records. But, like, there are ways around it. Like, if you don't want the games to go past 15 innings or whatever the answer is. But that's pretty stupid. Yeah, and it, it seems like... I, I kind of got it last year where it's like there's COVID, like they're just trying to get through, just get through the 60 games, get to the postseason. I don't get it now. Like it's just like we have 162 games to normal season. Like why are we still implementing this rule? Um, yeah, like if, good like, teams, good teams are going to lose more games than they would have otherwise. Right. Cause you think of it, like you said, like, a team with a shitty bullpen but has one elite closer if they can save that elite closer for the 10th inning in a tie game like they're more they're probably going to win that whereas if it was like an extra innings game where it's like well yeah we got through that closer and there's a shitty bullpen we can tee off on like yeah, yeah. i don't yeah we could probably talk about this for for hours on how dumb yeah it is. we'll see i'm sure there'll be another situation where this root like hurts a team let's we'll talk about it at the end of the year let's pencil this bookmark this when the Yankees maybe just like lose the division by half a game to the Blue Jays like this is that's what happened all right Orioles Red Sox I don't really think we need to talk about this all that much Trey Mancini is back I think that's awesome uh O's are going for the sweep on Sunday against the Red Sox which I think is pretty surprising but even in our first episode second episode we were talking about the Red Sox potentially struggling again 
and it looks like they are. Um, the one I'll shout out, uh, I think we talked about him a little bit, uh, Mount Castle, great baseball yeah. name. Uh, he, he's looked good. Um, he My hit rookie a of the ball. Year pick. Yeah, rookie of the year pick. He hit a ball almost out of Fenway, uh, like was a wall scraper that helped them win um, on Friday. But he looked really good at the plate. Um, yeah, I mean, I like you said, not much to talk about. I don't think the Orioles will do too, too much. I'm more surprised the Red Sox, we kind of mentioned that they wouldn't be that good. But if they're behind the Orioles again this year, I think that spells a lot of trouble. Alex Gore deserves it. Uh, yeah, he does. All right, Tigers-Indians. Again, probably not a ton to talk about here. Tigers surprised 2-0 start to the year against that Indians pitching staff, I would say, is probably pretty surprising. Um, again, early season, small sample size, water finds its level. These things work out over 162 games. There's no way. There's less than 5% chance the Tigers finish above the Indians this year. But to start the season, like it, it's promising for this team that's on the, you know, our boy, Endon. Yeah. He's been texting us nonstop about the Tigers, um, which we love. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. you love <laughs> you love which, to see speak, it. Speaking of weird things in baseball, it's like opening day and uh, Miggy hit a home run in the snow. Like that rocks. It's just yeah, no other I, sport. I don't, just, I don't know if you saw the camera angle. It was like behind Miguel Cabrera, like looking to right field. It was like such a cool camera. Like the snow's falling and you just see the ball like kind of taking off. It was so cool. Um, but yeah, my bold prediction of the Cleveland Indians starting staff having the best ERA was it's not been great so far, but um, like you said, they'll probably turn it around. And um, yeah, I mean, maybe the ti- maybe the Tigers found something. And they're good okay, we got uh, our boy Scooble up on the mound on Sunday. Um, Scoob. So about to tune into some baseball. I think some games just started as we're recording this pod, so I'm excited to um, – finish talking to you you know we probably have 15 20 minutes left and then turn on some baseball no better way to spend easter sunday just cracked open a beer gonna watch some baseball the windows cracked open it's beautiful here in chicago it's finally like 60 and sunny hopefully that sticks around because yesterday or the day before was like 35 degrees outside it was such a dramatic like return flight brian from arizona to chicago when i landed it snowed the next day We went from 90-degree, beautiful spring training game out in the sun, you know, using sunscreen every 15 minutes, keeping yourself ready to go. And then, like, I immediately had to put on my winter coat again, my parka. I was like, this is – why do I live here? I don't know. Like, (laughs) it's stupid. Uh, For for future future plans, we'll be – me and you will retire together in Arizona, so. Oh, dude. That dry heat, just hook it to my veins. All right, Cardinals, Reds. Uh first bench clearing fight really i think that's most of what we want to talk about here is nick castellanos earlier in the game game two he got hit by a pitch uh didn't love that and then later in the game he ended up uh i think it was was it a passed ball and he yeah was it a single the pass ball uh so he's you know racing home the pitcher is covering home plate he scores and kind of like towers over him in a very Nick Castellanos way, he's got his big gold chain coming, his like slick back, greasy hair. He's like hanging over him, and uh, the Cardinals didn't like that. Yeah, um, I, you know, I was reading all this stuff about how you know Castellanos was in the wrong. I'm like kind of in the camp of like I I love that. I mean, he got hit by a pitch. I think it was the same inning. Got hit by a pitch, ended up scoring that inning, and just being like, "Let's fucking go!" Like against like against the pitcher who hit you. Like it's just like I love that. And like I was listening to. 
Trevor ba- Trevor Bauer did an analysis of it, which was kind of cool, like hearing like a current player talk about it. And he was on the Reds, so he's a little biased. But he was like, if I was the pitcher in that situation, I would be like, he was like, I would say something to him, and then the next time he comes up, I'm straight, I'm striking him out. And like I like that to me is when baseball is the best of just like let the emotions out there, let them fly, but then like leave it on the court. And like and kind of think of like basketball a little bit, like same thing where like. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid like got after it like but they were like battling like cat like posterized Embiid like it was just like a battle and it was like on the court I love those kind of battles Yachty like kind of inserted himself and like pushed Castellanos and I can't believe Castellanos got ejected and like Yachty didn't um, but that's like another thing I like I'm sure in the same camp I like the Cardinals way is really weird um, and like I guess well, it helps them win baseball's unwritten rules are stupid as shit like yeah. that kind of stuff is like a guy showing emotion on the field. The reta- the the correct response should not be like this guy has wronged me. I'm gonna fight him. Like the whole team has to get out of the dugout. Like we're gonna fight. Like this isn't a, a, like a cut scene from Anchorman. Like <laughs> like er, like every other sport, the players show emotions and they police themselves by like you have to back up when you're gonna if you're gonna be that egotistical and you're gonna pound your chest that you scored a run. Like you got to back that up or else the media is going to crucify you. You know, like if you bat one twenty five for the next week, it's like, I that's let the players police themselves in a way that's like, use it as fuel. Like let the pitcher, if next time Castellan, like I'm going to strike out the next two guys. Cause I need this inning to be over. Like, I hate that shit. Uh, this is like, yeah, this is like a, a tangent for the playoffs last year. It was like, I think Machado hit a home run. He was like against the Dodgers and he was like showboating around the bases, which again, like totally fine with. He was like pumping up his team. He's like, let's fucking go. Let's do it. And then Gratterall, oh, is the, the, the play where Bellinger robbed Tatis of a home run. And then Broussard Gratterall like started like just being like all amped and pumped up. And the Padres got mad at him. And it's like, you guys can't get amped about a play that you made and be okay with it. And then on the other side, when the guys make a good play and be like, Correct. you can't do that. Like, and I think it's like similar, like a very similar yeah. thing where it's like, if, if you're going to be a team that's like, my guys are going to bat flip. You can't also be mad at the pitcher getting like pumping his chest. When a guy robs a home run, like let ba- like make baseball, let baseball be fun. Like it's a fun, beautiful sport. Like crazy, amazing plays happen every day and people just go about their business because you're not allowed to like talk about it. It's literally like baseball is stuck in a world where like therapy doesn't exist. <laughs> you know, it's like we're allowed to talk about stuff. Like we're allowed to be excited and happy and show emotions and like, baseball is that old man who's just like no like we don't talk about that in our family and just like swallow it up and move on with your life it's like no like if you rob a home run like you should be fucking amped <laughs> like yeah that's, that's okay like, I, I think in the playoffs for the most part it, i think you're allowed to share your emotions a little bit more but it's like i i, I picture these like m- moments where like the braves for example against the dodgers like I can't remember what the play was. Someone hit a home run. Acuna is like jumping off the top of the dugout, like pumping his fists all amped. I'm like, all right, that's pretty cool. Like, it's cool to see like how amped they're getting, and they're like half the team comes out on the field after a home run. Like, I love that stuff. It's so like, and again, it's not like a showboating like against your team. It's like, look, like we're amping our guy up, and I don't think yeah. there's anything wrong with that. And like, if you take offense to that, like strike the guy out or like get a hit. Like you know, like those are the options. Like to get around it it's like proven on the field like you said 
Yeah, and God, well, yeah, we're, this is a much longer longer tangent than I thought we were going to go on, but it's like <laughs> those things only happen like in close games where the emotions are high. Like no one is losing a game 10 to 1, makes a diving catch and is like pumping their chest. Like the team is losing. Like no one no one is being a dick. Like everyone just like wants the game to be over at that point. So like <laughs> if it's a close game, like let the intensity be high. Let it just let everyone be themselves. Uh I ho- hopefully, I don't know. We're going to be those old men someday, I'm sure, complaining about something. So I'll I'll enjoy it now and, and like <laughs> while I can, and then I'll back be in my, my day. Yeah, I'll be reading the newspaper or whatever a newspaper looks like thirty years from now. Um, holding the tablet, tablets will be <laughs> the new newspaper. All right, Rangers Royals. This has been a slugfest. I would say pretty surfri- surprising. This has been a slugfest. Uh, game one, Royals win fourteen to ten. Game two, Royals win eleven to four. Uh. This is absurd because, well, I shouldn't actually say it's absurd. We were down watching the Royals. They hit three home runs in the game we went to go see. They led the league in spring training in home runs, extra base hits, RBI, slugging percentage, OPS. Like, they they were smashing the ball. So it's kind of cool to see this translate into the next week. Michael Taylor has been electric at the plate, uh, which we were saying we love Michael Taylor. We're just like, I don't know what what it is about Michael Taylor, but I like him a lot. <laughs> so this is this has been cool. Yeah, and I think that was the cool, like seeing them in spring training and something that me and you talked about was the the Royals actually have a good lineup. Like we were like, when we got to the stadium, it was like, like they're one through like eight of hitter or like one through nine, actually. We were like, wow, all these guys are actually good batters. I think the, the question is going to come down to pitching. But if you just told me like, yeah, the Royals have like a less than five percent chance of making the playoffs. I'd be like, oh well, because they don't have a they don't have good hitting or pitching. Like, I, like that would be my initial reaction. But like the lineup is good. Michael Taylor is a stud so far, um, and the Rangers are just Joey Gallo is making highlights. Kind of as we we talked about, like Joey Gallo is going to be their their best player. Um, Wes Benjamin hasn't made it into a game yet, but you know maybe he's the guy that turns that pitching staff around. So hopefully, oh, yeah, we Rangers. See- Rangers getting bopped around in the first two games. Um, I just picked up uh, Michael Taylor in fantasy. Uh, Damn, so good pickup. Yeah. No, I mean, the, and there was Royals that uh, periwinkle blue, whatever you want to call it, light blue, looks pretty. I mean, if you're going to put up 14 runs a game, I'll, I'll be tuning in uh, to watch some Royals games this year. Ben Attendi also, I just want a quick shout-out. Uh, he made a diving catch, which was amazing. I think it was opening day. When we were down there, he made two terrible defensive plays. Just like it was a ground ball in between short and third base. All he had to do was just like put his glove on the ground and pick it up. Totally whiffed. Ball ends up in the corner and a guy gets a double. Then there was another play where he like totally just misjudged the ball and it dropped in front of him. So it's nice to see him actually like just turn it on. Once the season starts, I don't know if that's just like a veteran thing, but very yeah, that funny. Was, uh, that was like our thing was like, wow, maybe he's not a good left fielder when we were there. And it's like, oh, no, yeah, he's I making, was like, oh, making gold I, glove plays. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty pretty funny. All right, Twins versus Brewers. Um, I personally don't have a ton to say about the series. I think game two was really cool, though. Uh, pitchers duel Corbin Burns for the Brewers versus Jose Barrios. I think Barrios had a no-hitter through going into the sixth inning. Corbin Burns had uh, 
I want to say like eight plus strikeouts. Um, I could be wrong, but his cutter looks sick. He had like a 96, 97 mile an hour cutter. He was just mowing through the twins lineup. Um, so that was awesome. Those are two guys I would say just check out for the rest of the year. Uh, they looked electric on opening weekend. Yeah. Um, I would love your thoughts on, so they pulled Jose Barrios with, um, a no hitter. I think he only had like 80 something pitches. Like, are you in the camp of like, okay, a pitcher is making history, like let him go until he gives up a hit. Or are you more in the camp of like, we're trying to win a ball game or trying to save this guy for the rest of the season. Like it's okay to pull him. I will always be in the camp of let the guy pitch because you only get so many chances to do that. And he might never get a chance again. He might never take a no hitter into the fifth plus inning ever again. So like I, and that's not to say I get the strategy of why they didn't do that. Like last year was a short season. No one pitched more than like 80 innings. Now they're going to ask all these guys to throw like 200 plus. Uh, that's a lot to ask, especially in the week one. You don't want a guy chucking 120 pitches and then like he's exhausted for the next month. It's like I get it, but also like there's just aren't that many chances. Like Alec Mills threw a no hitter last year. <laughs> like let like let him let him pitch. Jose Barrios was was great. Let him go. Yeah, I, I'm like in the same camp of you but it's like also it's like he was at i just looked up 84 pitches like it's not even like if he was at if it was the sixth inning like going to the seventh he's already at 100 like i'd be like all right you know what i get it but he's like at 84 like at least let him go into the seventh like at least give him one more inning i feel like um but well yeah. so I, this is a i also heard this um on the ringer mlb show which is great just check them out too uh no pitcher on opening day went through more than 99 pitches this year. Wow. Uh, which I, I think is indicative of the way that managers are going to handle their pitching staffs this year. I don't think anyone wants – I think everyone is expecting injuries to pile up. Everyone is trying to be as conservative as humanly possible. Uh, so I think that's what I think that's what pitching is going to be like this year. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, yeah, like – I mean, like – don't really the Tampa Bay strategy, you know, third time through the lineup. All right, you're out. Um, also, shout out Byron Buxton for he ended that no-hit bid for the Brewers, and he was um, my uh, bold prediction top five MB- MVP candidate. So hopefully he keeps uh, keeps hitting bombs. Yeah, fun series. Check that out. All right, just two more series, and then we're, we're done. Three more. Pirates-Cubs. Uh, my Cubbies lost game one to probably the second worst team in baseball. Maybe the worst team in baseball. Pirates or Rockies, we're not sure. Cubs lost game one. Uh, it was freezing cold here in Chicago, so I don't think that really has much to say about anything right now. They bounced back game two yesterday, Saturday afternoon. A nice performance from Jake Arietta. He's back, made his first start at the Cubs in three years. He's been on the Phillies. Uh Got into some trouble in the first inning, but really battled back. Like, it was touch and go that first inning. He gave up one run. Um, they're kind of hitting him around. But the end of the day with six uh, six innings, six hits, five strikeouts, one walk, one earned run. Um, so it was nice. It was nice to see Jake back. He pitched pretty well. I think it's probably more um, adrenaline than anything, just being back in Wrigley. I don't know if that's really how he's going to pitch for the rest of the year. But I, what I do want to comment from yesterday that I, I am very excited about is KB looked great. Hit a home run, deep left field. Uh, he looked very comfortable at the plate, which is awesome because last, the last two years he's just looked like an uncomfortable batter, which is like not what you want out of your star third baseman. And Javi, uh, 
two stolen bases yesterday, went two for four. He stole second and third in the same inning. Uh, so it's nice to see him being chaotic again, uh, hitting the ball, again, being comfortable at the plate. The Cubs need that. The Cubs don't need another year of just like very awkward looking Javi Baez in Chris Bryant. So, oh, and then I want to get into marquee sports. I'll let you say whatever you want. Then I want to complain about Chicago baseball. Oh yeah. And I'll probably add some things. We'll talk about that. But yeah, the only thing I want to add is like the Cubs lineup is good. And we've, we've talked about that. Um, I think like I'm kind of just first game. You kind of like, it's just like always weird. I watched it. It was cold in Chicago. Like, you know, whatever the excuses may be, but I don't expect them to lose today. And even if they do, like I just, they will Cubs will finish above the pirates. So um, that's not a big deal. Chad cool or whatever the guy was for the game one for the pirates actually pitched pretty well. So I'll give him credit for that uh, against the tough Cubs lineup. But yeah, Cubs looked, looked so good yesterday. Um, So glad to hear that. But um, yeah, let's talk about watching the Cubs for you. Fucking marquee sports. So, well, I got to say, yeah, one F word because we got to get the explicit rating. We got to earn the explicit rating that we applied for (laughs) on Apple Podcasts. Well, it it should not be difficult to watch your home team in any sport play that game. It should just not be that difficult to watch them. Last year, Marquee Sports was offered through Hulu Live. Plus, you could find it on like Fubo and you could find it on Xfinity and AT&T and whatever your local provider was. So I had Hulu Hulu Live. I'm a cord cutter. We have Hulu. This year, they created an exclusive deal with Fubo TV, which like I think is very stupid. I think you should make it as accessible as possible for anyone to watch the game if you're going to create your own network because... What I want is to go back to the Cubs are on WGN every day. Like that was the local station the Cubs have been on for 50 years. That's like part of the Cubs tradition is being on WGN. Whatever. They took that away. They're going to have their own network. Like, yes, like the Yankees, right? They have their own network. All right. So they created their own, their own exclusive deal with the Fubo. So yesterday as the game starts, uh, you and I are playing Call of Duty Warzone. And I'm at the same time trying to figure out how to, uh, Get Fubo TV. It's it is so difficult to figure out which freaking package has Marquee Sports in Chicago. So I spent like an hour trying to do this. I finally signed up for a free trial. Uh, then I realized um, after doing some other reading is that it's not even offered on Fubo until shortly after opening day. Like there's no possible way for me to watch my favorite team play baseball. I live like two and a half miles from the stadium. It'd be like it's easier for me to just walk to the stadium and watch. Like, that should not be how it is. It should just be on television. So anyway, I'm very annoyed. I'm very triggered. Also, what's really irritating is, like, if you're going to – well, also, you and I are, like, a digital media people. You know, like, our careers are in media, planning, strategy, marketing, whatever. If you're going to create your own network, like, why don't you take the CBS Sports model where, like, you can I can just pay $5 a month and stream it from the marquee app. Like, I'll just – there's a revenue stream. I'll just pay you $5 a month. You have all my data. Then you can resell it to whomever you want. I just want to watch the Cubs. I don't want a cable package for it. Like the yes network does this. Like I can, you could just stream the Yankees on their own network. Like how does marquee sports not have an app that you can stream it on? I can't buy FUBU TV through my Android device. I have to buy it through desktop and they like exclusively only have one streaming provider. I'm like, this is the dumbest shit on earth. I can't even, and it's not even available until after opening day. It's like, I, 
how are you not prepared for this week? How are you not prepared for this weekend? Anyway. Yeah. And like to add that too, it's like, I mean, when I lived in Chicago, like it's crazy to me. So my dad lives in Santa Barbara, which is two and a half hour or two hours away from Dodger Stadium. For the last like three or four years, he could not get the Dodgers. Dodgers is the same thing. They have their own network now. You could not get the Dodgers network because it's only offered through Spectrum. Spectrum cable is only available in Los Angeles. So my dad physically could not get it because it's only Cox cable in Santa Barbara. And so I, in Chicago, 2,000 miles away, could easily watch Dodger games on MLB TV. And my dad, who is in like two hours away from the stadium, couldn't even like watch it. There's no way. There's literally physically no way. And like... We talked about it before. Let me just spend like I will pay you money to let me watch it. Like like you said, and you can like and you get you get all the data. You're getting like revenue, and you can probably give them ad like put ads in between, so you're getting that revenue. Like it's just a thing where like why would you not want more people to watch? Like just it makes give me, people the option. It makes me so angry because like it's just like it seems like such common sense that base baseball has so many bigger fish to fry. Like this is like you're alienating fans. Like I am actively trying so hard to pay you money to watch baseball, and I can't. I can't do it. Like I, you won't take my. You won't give me the option. Like I, I. It's so stupid. It's easier for me to watch a Canadian team. I'm, I'm rocking my Blue Jays hat right now. It's like I, it's easier for me to watch a foreign team than it is. It's crazy. I live two miles away. I'm just gonna run there this afternoon and watch the 120 start. Anyway, triggering. <laughs> Um, Cubs, yeah, I mean, lineup. Hopefully, they they start knocking some balls around. All right, two two series left. Diamondbacks, Padres. I have a lot to say. Padres are three and zero. They're kind of just doing exactly what we would expect uh, against the Diamondbacks. Yeah, I'll just. Um, I think Eric Hosmer's hitting like eight fifty to start the year. So um, also on the fantasy team, which I feel great oh, about. Oh, there right you now. go. Yeah, he uh, he looks great. Um, Machado and Tatis have been good, um, as you expect. So it'll be interesting to see them. I don't know who they play next, but it'll be interesting to see them like pass the the Diamondbacks. Same with like the Dodgers. Where I'm like, I want to see them play a real team. Not that the Rockies aren't a real team, but I want to see them play a real team. JV. Yeah. All right. Angels, White Sox, last series. Um, this has been a weird series. The White Sox don't look very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, which we're all our ALCS champions. I guess not me. I took the Yankees, but I took the White Sox to go to the ALCS. Uh, they don't look great. Lou, Giolito, uh, I will say, did look good. Uh, White Sox still found a way to lose game one. They won game two. They lost last night, game three. Uh, tonight is Sunday night baseball. Shohei Otani is pitching and hitting, which is cool. Uh, so I'll definitely be tuning in for that. But yeah, there's been some, I mean, boneheaded plays. I mean, uh, Luis Robert, or Robert, like I mentioned earlier in the episode off the top, called off t- Tim Anderson on like a very easy uh, pop fly. It ended up bouncing off his head. Uh, they lost the game. Uh, Nick Madrigal, who I think is probably a pretty good fielder, booted a ball, and the Angels won the game. So, I don't know, it just... I will say, Yerman uh, Mercedes, though, whoever is this on the White Sox, looks like the greatest baseball player of all time. He started his career eight for eight, so you can't you can't beat eight for eight to start a season. Um, yeah, like again, I don't know. Like, I think the Angels are good, but also like the White Sox are just making like stupid mistakes. So like, I can't. I don't really get a good like. I can't tell either so, team right now. This is like. 
this is why you hired Tony Larusa to not have those things, right? Like, right. Like that's that's why you brought him in. So these things, like, I again, very very early, small sample size. Everything works out over a long 162 game season, but red flags opening weekend for sure. I mean, it's just like, like to me, it's crazy because it's like the White Sox could easily be three and zero. And, like, just, like, based on how the games went, you know? Like, it's yeah. not even, like, you know, when you say, like, well, yeah, the Dodgers should be 3-0 and right now. But it's, like, no, they, they kind of got outplayed game one. And, like, they – it's just how baseball is. Like, the White Sox easily, if they made the right plays and, like, didn't do bonehead stuff, could easily be 3-0. and um, So, yeah, I mean, I think the Angels – People like I don't know if people are sleeping on the Angels or are overhyping them. I feel like they're probably in between that, but I think they'll be good. I think again they'll they'll challenge for a wild card spot. I know you had them winning. Did you have them winning the division? I think I did. Yeah, I, they could be there. Um, well, I think David it's Fletcher equally t- the Angels are better than we all gave them credit for, it, and I think the White Sox are struggling. And we thought they would come out of the season pretty hot, which. I'll let you uh, go. Do we need to comment on the R.I.P. Jimenez, R.I.P. Eloy stuff? Let's do it. <laughs> I just love, like the the hang in the jersey and the in the bull. So if you guys don't know, so Eloy got hurt as we've talked about. So the White Sox have decided to like play the games in honor of Eloy, and everything comes out as like the guy died. They hung his jersey like in the in the dugout, and then after the their first win, Jose Abreu quoted like, "We won it for Eloy." Like the guy. I mean, I get he's hurt and he's out for six months, but he's not dead. Like he can. Yeah, like, he's. It's just so weird. He's like rip, still dude. there. Like he's yeah, he's still with the team. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. Uh, very, very funny from the White Sox social media accounts. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited to watch tonight's game. Yeah. Um, I love watching Shohei play. Uh, so hopefully they. Well, I mean, I'm I'm kind of hoping Shohei like strikes out most of the White Sox lineup. I think it'd be really sick to watch him. You know. And Go two for four at the plate with like ten strikeouts on the mound. That would be awesome. I would I would love that. Um, it's I'm, I'm interested to see how um, how they play it too with because they they they've given up the DH position. So um, it's gonna be interesting. Like yeah, if he goes six innings, like I guess it's like it's like an NL team. They're gonna do pinch hitting and, and all of that. So it should, I'm excited to see um, how Joe Madden kind of constructs the game after you take Otani out unless he pitches nine innings. So Yeah, I guess I I didn't even really think about that. But you're right. If they forego the DH, it's like if you take him out, that guy absorbs that pitch that batting spot. So super interesting. Yeah. Shout out Sunday Night Baseball. I'll be tuning in. We'll be live tweeting again. Follow us on Twitter. Follow uh our own personal handles which are in the bio. Um. Yeah, and then lastly, Mets Nationals got postponed. So Francisco Lindor signed a giant contract and has yet to take the field. <laughs> yeah, and I have a buddy who's a Mets fan. He's living, and I understand. Like, so the, someone on the Nationals got COVID allegedly from breaking protocol. I don't know if that's true or not, but um. So the the series is just postponed, and that's like. As a Mets fan, like if that happened to the Dodgers with like the Rockies, someone on the Rockies had COVID, I'd be like pretty upset. I'd be like, I just want to watch my team play baseball, especially the Mets with such high expectations. Like you just want to see them out there. Um, so I think that's just that's just a tough way to start the year. Um, hopefully no more COVID cases, but I'm wondering if you think there should be like a 
a penalty or anything if someone breaks COVID protocol. Like the one thought that I had was like, hey, if it's contract contact tracing and all these guys on your team got COVID, well, you got to call up guys from AAA. And that's just like the, the penalty of, um, you know, having someone break protocol. Like that sucks. And like, I think teams would crack down on it better because um, you're going to lose games. But also you get triple A guys like getting experience and stuff. So, you know, it's interesting. I think that's a totally fair way to look at it. I think there should be penalties um, for breaking protocol. Like they went all of spring training with basically no real issues. And then like opening weekend, there's immediately an issue. It's like the baseball also all year last year had problems because they didn't do a bubble. They kept everyone flying around and had a bunch of issues with the Marlins, with the uh indians were a huge issue last year it's like guys let's like pull it together let's get it together we're almost through this uh so yeah i mean i think there definitely should be a penalty but i don't it's like not cut and dry though like i would love to see you just have a pool of guys that are like also at the game that if someone is can't play you just have to take from them i think that'd be awesome the triple a guys yeah do we talk about marlin's rays at all no i I forgot that you know why is because i went on mlb.com and just went down like the left hand rail of all the series and they are not playing today so let's talk about marlins rays the florida the florida baseball teams the only thing i want i I don't have much to to talk about the only thing i want to talk about is um i have a new favorite baseball player it's jazz chisholm oh Oh my god dude he is the coolest guy i've ever seen like electric blue hair he I think it was like he, he walked to first, stole second, stole third, and then scored like on like a, a crazy play at, at the plate. Like I just like already love this guy. Um and he just seems he just seems so cool. I, I, I just he's probably gonna be my new favorite baseball player. And then he's gonna be great. the only reason I look at Marlin's highlights. Great baseball name. Great baseball name. Uh yeah, I mean Tyler Glasnow opening day looked amazing. So he is historically a two-pitch pitcher. He's got his curveball, and he's got his fastball. He, this offseason, developed a slider, and he looks pretty damn good. So uh, I'm hoping he stays healthy all season and we get to watch Tyler Glass now pitch because uh, I think he might win the Cy Young. He's that good. He's always had the stuff. It's just been kind of locating it and um, kind of being more consistent. Um we saw glimpses glimpses of it in the playoffs, and I don't think he really has strung it together. But he looks great. Um, and yeah, again, like it's the early thing where it's like, yeah, the Marlins lineup isn't that good. So like, how good is he pitching? I think that's always like totally tough fair. at the beginning. So it's tough at the beginning of the season. But if you looked at the stuff, I think it was really good. Uh, in one last series, uh, I, I realized I forgot my A's. Astros A's uh, also not playing today. Uh, the A's not look. They don't look very good. Uh, they've been getting their ass kicked by the Astros. Um, I saw someone on Twitter was just like, it's very funny that like all these A's fans like lugged trash cans, like the third deck and are banging it around. But like, they're just, the Astros are just working your team. Like I, like you and I were talking about earlier with like, it's okay to show emotion and like kind of be petty, but like at the same time, like you have to win baseball games and be good. So (laughs) Yeah, the Astro and Carlos Correa like bulldozed Matt Chapman. So there's a whole bunch of stuff going on with Carlos Correa being like a dirty player. Um, yeah, A's don't that's, look good. That's kind of been known. The A's do not look good, and they were my pick to win the division. So we need them to step up. Um, I will say the like kind of in that same regard, um, they played 
the song before he cheats by Carrie Underwood before like the Astros lineup. Like that's great. That's I, I love that kind of stuff. I actually the Dodgers play the Astros in August and I have tickets to that game and I'm I'm gonna be one of those people who's booing the entire time. So um it's Are you be, more it's excited gonna, for the Dodgers to win or to boo the Astros? Boo the Astros. Like it's just gonna be <laughs> it like I just like I I even not even like booing them. I just want to be in the stadium and just hear like how loud it's gonna be. Because it's gonna like it's gonna be crazy. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome to get baseball back. Uh you and I are both fifty percent vaccinated, so I'm really excited to finish that up and get to some baseball games. Uh Vax boys. I, I, I very much miss having a hot dog. Well, we just did this in in spring training, but like there's nothing like the actual sounds of a real baseball game. Spring training was like it was pretty much silent the entire time. Like I was really looking forward to the sounds of baseball. We got the, the, the view, the look of baseball. We didn't really get the sound. Like there wasn't an organ. There wasn't like a hot dog guy coming around. There wasn't a beer guy. So I'm excited for the season. A great opening weekend. Um, thank you all for listening. I, I got nothing else. You want to wrap this up? Yeah. Thanks for listening. Um, you know, I'm going to log off and watch some baseball. Tune in for Sunday Night Baseball if you're listening on Sunday. Um, if not, look back and think, look at our predictions and say, like, wow, that they were completely wrong about that. Um, but, yeah, another good week. Um, looking forward to, you know, talking next week. And as I said before, thank God baseball is back. Thank God baseball is back. See you, BP. See you, Nick. <laughs>